Welcome to the Husband Material Podcast, where we help Christian men outgrow porn. Why? So you can change your brain, heal your heart, and save your relationship. My name is Drew Boa, and I'm here to show you how. Let's go. I am so glad to be with my friend and fellow certified husband material coach, Marcus Spar. Welcome back, Marcus. Hey, Drew. It's great to be back again. And it's great to see your face. I got to see you in person at the retreat, and we had so much fun. We did. And I, I have to admit, since I've seen you more on camera than in person, it's still kind of shocking to see you on camera again and then remember wait, this guy's a lot taller than I remembered from until I met him. And so it's like, this is just like normal Drew. It's like, I got to remember, normal Drew is also tall Drew. I got to take those two ideas and put them together. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're not small either. And we had some great big hugs. And let's not forget the wrestling too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was fun. And today we are talking about a topic which comes up all the time for ourselves personally and for the men we coach, which is stress. Stress. I mean, stress is, let's face it, it is a key part of our journey. It's a key part of life. It's a key part of society. And there's no getting around it. We're going to experience stress in extra doses in lower doses, and we have to figure out how to handle the stress properly. Stress is not going away. Uh, We might think in the future, oh, once I get past this point in my life, then finally I won't have to deal with the stress. The question is, how are we going to handle it? Exactly. And this past season, for you and I especially, has been super high stress. Very high stress. Very In your new role as director of care and support at Husband Material, you've faced a lot of stress. And so I actually feel like you're really qualified to talk about this. Well, I I hope that through our discussion that there is information and examples that just will really stick out in the minds of people who listen to this podcast. Absolutely. Marcus, why do we struggle with stress? We struggle with stress Because as I shared before, it's just a part of life. The thing that is tricky about stress, though, is we haven't really been taught properly how to cope with stress in a healthy way. That's why we have addictions. That's why we have compulsions. These are all ways of handling stress in ways that we often learn as children when we might not have had the best example of how to handle stress. We might not have been taught that, okay, what you're dealing with is something that's not normal and we need to figure out how to, how to regulate ourselves properly and in a healthy way. And instead we're just thrown to the wolves, so to speak. And it's like, we need to figure this out on our own We don't trust others, whatever the excuses or examples from our lives that we have, we just develop oftentimes unhealthy ways of dealing with and processing stress. And then it turns into these bad habits later on in our lives. You've talked about how some stress is actually good. What do you mean by that? 
There is just like any kind of behavior, there is a healthy level and an unhealthy level. And if we think about the forms of arousal that we experience where there is the hyper arousal and the hypo arousal, we have that exact same spectrum for stress. There is a healthy level of stress if we look at it as a pendulum swinging in the middle is a healthy level of stress. If you swing too far one way and you have very little stress in your life, then you tend to experience boredom. Your mental acuity is not being challenged. And then our minds and our selves automatically start seeking something to stimulate us. And so having this, let me get my pendulum back on the right side here, having this low level stress isn't healthy, even though this is kind of what we're striving for, because we think if we have no stress, then everything is going to be great. But then we get incredibly bored. You get understimulated. We become understimulated and then we seek stimulation for that understimulation. And then if we swing over to the other side, kind of what you and I were experiencing, Drew, we are being so overwhelmed by stress that it just causes us to want to shut down. And both of these sides of the spectrum, you have one where you are understimulated and so you seek stimulation. You have one where you're overstimulated and then you seek detachment just to be able to, again, regulate yourself. And so by staying in that middle of the spectrum where it's healthy, you're getting a good amount of stimulation. It's a good challenge in your life. You are at your most optimum self when you're in a healthy spectrum of stress. Outside of that healthy spectrum is when you're going to start being dysregulated. So in other words... Healthy management of stress doesn't mean taking it all away so that we're in this perfect, comfortable paradise where nothing is going wrong and there's no challenge. That's actually a trigger. That's actually part of what can lead us back to porn is that we're understimulated and we need some excitement. We need some adventure. But on the other hand, and I think what most of us experience on a daily basis is overwhelm and too much busyness. And then that causes us to want to swing to the other side of the pendulum. So what we're learning to do here in order to resolve our stress is to regulate, to get into that middle zone where there's a healthy amount of challenge and we have what we need in order to face that challenge every day. Exactly. I think you said it so perfectly there where the point of being in the healthy spectrum of stress is that you have what you need to handle the stress that's on your plate. Mm -hmm. And you go one way, it is totally overwhelming. You go the other and it's understimulating. And I think it's important to name that we will handle stress one way or another. Exactly. We are either going to handle it in a healthy way or we're going to handle it in a very unhealthy way. And the primary type of unhealthy behavior that we talk about on this podcast is sexual. And when I say porn is a pacifier, what I mean is porn is a regulator. When I'm overwhelmed, it regulates me. 
when I'm underwhelmed and understimulated, it regulates me, takes me back to a place of equilibrium. And so this is such a de-shaming way to talk about it because it's legitimizing the needs that we have. It's saying, hey, the way that we're doing this is ultimately not very helpful. It's also incredibly important and God designed us to be able to do this. And so what we're going to talk about today is how. How can we regulate without the pacifier? How can we regulate without porn? Think about this. If you could learn the skill of managing your emotions every time in a healthy way, if you could learn the skill of regulation, then you could be free from porn. You wouldn't need a pacifier. Exactly. And that's often the work that I do with my clients is try and figure out what is the porn or the unwanted sexual behavior trying to do for you and then figure out how can you get that in a healthy way. Totally. So Marcus, how can we manage stress in a healthy way? We can manage stress in a healthy way in probably one of the most derisive S words that I've ever had the privilege of talking about, and that is self-care. And I have had a lot of people question the legitimacy of taking care of ourselves because the one of the big questions I get asked all the time is, well, isn't it just selfish? It's still centering on yourself. And so in preparation for this podcast, I actually did a word study. Some of my clients are familiar with this. I love doing word studies. And so I looked up the definitions of selfish and self-care based on the Oxford Dictionary. So selfish is defined as of a person, action, or motive Lacking consideration for others, concerned chiefly with one's own personal profit or pleasures. I'm sure that we can hear that and be like, yeah, that definitely sounds like selfishness. And yet, if we take a look at self-care, it is defined as the practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. And then a subsequent definition is the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of, guess what, stress. Oftentimes, what we are doing with our unwanted behavior is we are reacting. We are reacting to the stress, to whatever overwhelming stimuli are coming our way and it's reacting to make ourselves feel better. Whereas self-care is taking an active role. It is proactive. Marcus, this is gold. So self-care is the opposite of selfishness because being selfish is just being passive and letting things come to me, letting things happen to me. I, I don't have to do anything. Self-care actually requires us to die to ourselves so that we can take an active role. Exactly. And one of the things that is so distinct between these two different definitions that I read is that with selfishness, the focus is only on your own personal profit or pleasures. 
Whereas self-care is focusing on your health so that you can better give to others. Mm-hmm. So good. What would it look like for me to, let's say, take a spiritual form of self-care, read my Bible every morning for the sake of the men I'm going to talk to that day? Yes. I'd be reading it more. I'd be soaking in it even more because I know that what I receive, I'm going to overflow. And we hear that imagery a lot in terms of, I've heard it described that um, when we are working on ourselves in our own recovery, it's a lot like a fountain. And we have the Lord pouring in on the top of the fountain and the top is us. And as soon as we are full, it starts overflowing down below to the next reservoir, which could be our family. If we don't have a family, it could be our close friendships. It could be our, um, it could be our friends from church. And then once that starts to overflow, then it pours over into the larger community as a whole. And so by denying ourselves the care that we need, it's, we often look at self-care as it's something that I want. What we don't recognize is it's a need. Mm-hmm. We need to take care of ourselves yep. because if we don't, if we don't take care of ourselves, then it actually inhibits our ability to care for others. And that's when the selfishness comes in to where it's all me, me, me. We are so low energy. We have nothing more to give. People are asking for us to give more. And we physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally cannot give anymore. So we just start walling ourselves off and become selfish and become compulsive. And that's when we're at the highest risk of relapse. Exactly. Sometimes when I'm working with a client... I can predict a relapse before it comes. I know when it's coming because there's all this stress and maybe he's adding more stress onto his life with no regulation. And I know there's going to be regulation and it's probably going to come through a relapse. Exactly. And I can say the same thing about myself. If I look at my own life, if I'm not aware of what my needs are, if I'm not aware of the stress and the challenges and my need to receive care, not just give, 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 then I'm at risk, then I'm susceptible. And one of the biggest lies we can believe on this journey is I'm getting so much freedom. I'm getting a little bit of time without porn. Therefore, I can just stop what I'm doing. I can stop going to the things that have been helpful for me I can stop receiving from the fountain because I'm good now. For me, that's the most susceptible, dangerous place. Exactly. And I have worked with some clients where we've had like one phone call. We've had one session together and then they just kind of vanish. And I had one client come back to me and say, yeah, I was feeling really good after our call. And so I just didn't schedule another one. (laughs) And then things started changing in life. And he started going back to the behaviors and then recognized, oh, you know what? I'm not where I thought I was. When he realized that he was walking in this euphoria 
of I'm feeling better, things are going well, I'm done. And I have worked with so many men over the years in small groups, in some one-on-one coaching. And whenever someone stops doing their work, stops being careful and lets their guard down, then that's often an indicator that they are relaxing. They're becoming complacent. So that's, that's the example of unhealthy lack of stress. Exactly. It's like this problem was a stressor. And as soon as they start walking in freedom, it's like, hey, it's not an issue anymore. Oh, it's so great. I can finally relax. And then it worms its way back into our system. Mm -hmm. And then we experience any level of stress outside of the healthy. And we haven't figured out how to cope with it any better. And so we turn back to our unwanted behavior because it's what we know. And one of the things that makes it so hard is that many of us grew up in families or churches where having needs means weakness. Having needs means you're not spiritual enough. Having needs means being a burden rather than being a normal part of life. So Marcus, what kind of biblical support is there for self-care? Well, I will share what is often used to counter self-care. And it comes from, let's see where I, I'm in Luke 9. And this is in verse 23, where it says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. And the unfortunate thing is, if we take any one verse from Scripture and just isolate it, then it can be misinterpreted. And when we take it in that context, there are going to be times when we will have to die to ourselves and deny ourselves in order to serve others, in order to go where Jesus is calling us to go. Yet, if you take a look at his entire life and in the time of his ministry, how often Did Jesus detach himself from the large crowds, even from his close friends and his disciples, just to go have some time alone with his father in order to recharge, in order to be able to better serve these people that were following him everywhere? I mean, we're talking large crowds moving from city to city to find him whenever he moved. That's a lot of stress. Yeah. You know, we're talking about thousands of people looking for Jesus. And we were at the retreat and there were 46 guys. And I loved spending all this time with these people. And I still had to detach Mm -hmm. because my introverted self was saying, I need to recharge. This is getting to be too much. I don't have anything more I can give. And so I had to detach and spend some time alone just to be able to recharge, to take care of myself so that I could better focus on the men at the retreat 
instead of getting to a point where it's like, I can't handle this anymore. And I shut down and I become just a blank vessel. I'm not able to attune to anyone. I'm not able to help anyone. I mean, that's the truth. You and I and everyone listening to this is a much, much better version of ourselves when we're taking care of ourselves, just like Jesus. And that doesn't necessarily mean uh, pampering ourselves. Although there is a time and a place for that too. There is. Sometimes you do need to have those more extreme forms of self-care. Yet self-care is oftentimes simpler than we think, simpler than we know. Let's talk about that. So what are some practical examples of what self-care looks like? I think Jenna Ramirezma has some of the best examples of just very practical forms of self-care. So I'm actually borrowing from a journaling worksheet that she has on her website. And these these are, this is not an all-inclusive list. These were the ones that really spoke to me. So recognize that. Drink a cup of hot herbal tea. Sit in the sun and notice the warmth on your skin. Take five deep, slow breaths. Call a safe friend and share how you are feeling. Give yourself a hug. Come on, Drew, we've done that before. Mm. Give ourselves a hug. Yeah. Listen to soothing music. Take a nap. Put on comfortable clothing. So with all of the stress that I experienced over the last month, month and a half, and during a crucial point where I did not prioritize taking care of myself, it impacted me physically. My body was weakened to the point where an upper respiratory infection got a hold of me. Thank God it wasn't something like COVID, but it still impacted me. Mm-hmm. I was weak. I was coughing a lot. I was miserable. And one of the things that I did during this time when I was not feeling well is I would spend some time sitting on the couch and I would look at my wife and say, I think I want to just put on my slippers and cover myself with a blanket. Mm. It was very comforting. It was mm-hmm. comfortable. Yeah. And those simple things, especially if we are, and this is the key point, mindful about it. Yeah. Can really help us to not just check out mm-hmm. to some activity, but it allows for us to be aware of how nice this feels and how it's giving into us. Yeah, Marcus, even as you were reading that list, I felt such a calming effect. I even feel like the tone of our conversation has changed. Yeah. Just talking about those things with tenderness is already having a relaxing effect. And I love what you said that the key is mindfulness. It it doesn't require an expensive vacation, it requires small, 
little pleasures fully savored. And it requires a knowingness of what do you need in this moment Mm. and then giving that to yourself in a healthy way. Yes. So when I was ill, I'm I'm still not a hundred percent. My voice is mostly back, but I'm when I was really ill, just knowing that I'm miserable and I don't feel well meant that doing these small things to give myself some sort of comfort was feeding into this need to be comfortable, to be away from the misery that my body was undergoing as it was battling this illness. Yeah. And it helped me to relax. It helped me to take care of myself. And it was in a healthy way because a part of my story is whenever I would be sick, I would turn to pornography because it was one of the best ways that I could feel better. And now I don't need that because I'm getting it in much healthier and honestly, funner ways. Yeah. More fun. If I use my English properly, more fun ways. (laughs) Yeah. How long has it been now since you've been free? I am working towards my seventh year of freedom. Woo. Yeah, it's going to be in May, May this coming year. That's okay. And while I've been doing this, I have also been experiencing the joy of having a much stronger marriage because both my wife and I are prioritizing taking care of ourselves when we are very stressed out. Yeah. A perfect example in my house is whenever my wife is really stressed out, she loves to go out in the garage and she loves to do some woodworking. Mm -hmm. She's a very creative individual. In fact, you take a look. This was not the original um, doors to my closet over here. This is something that she made and put together. And it's what she does. It's something that brings her life. That's so great because for me, woodworking would totally go into overwhelm and way too stressful. Sounds like for her, though, it's just the right amount of stress. It's just the right amount of stress. It's the right amount of challenge. And with with her, she can see she can see these like pieces of wood that when I look at them, it's like that's just a mess in the corner of our garage. And yet she sees such potential and she loves to work it to make it into what her vision is. And it strikes this creative level inside of her that just brings her life. And that's one of the things that I share with my clients all the time whenever we talk about what is self-care. Because it's different for each person. As you said, Drew, it's different... For you in terms of woodworking, because that would be too stressful. (laughs) I'd have all these worst case scenarios about sawing somebody's (laughs) finger off. Exactly. And like for me, self-care is more like 
sitting on the couch, reading a good book, enjoying a story. And it's different for each person because what brings us life is different for each person. And that is what we want to focus on with self-care is what brings you life. Yes. Because the world and society, the demands being placed on us, we are constantly giving our lives to others. And self-care is giving life to yourself. If we deprive ourselves of what gives us life, we're going to choose death. We're going to choose the same old sin unhealthy behavior that calls our name when we're in that susceptible state. Exactly. And we all know how well that's worked for us in the past. Right. So choose life. There's this great idea. I think it comes from Dan Allender and I heard it from Jay Stringer that repentance is returning to the feast that the father has prepared for us. It's returning to the party that God is throwing for us. Isn't that great? I love that, especially when we think of a lot of the unhealthy behavior that we use in order to manage stress requires us to pull away because we're ashamed of it. It needs to be kept a secret. It's dark. It's whatever you want to describe it. I don't know about you guys, but I would much rather return to the feast. Yeah. (laughs) Amen. So return, return to your redeemer, return to regulation that truly gives you life. The flip side is how we can prepare for stress, especially going into this holiday season with Thanksgiving coming up and Christmas coming up. It's the most triggering time Time of the year. year. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So Marcus, how can we prepare for a situation that we know is going to be stressful. Oftentimes we are heading back to households with family that are the most triggering sources in our lives. I have personally experienced going back and spending time with family and still feeling those same or receiving those same messages that I'm not valued, that my opinion doesn't matter. And so one of the things that has been so beneficial with myself and with my wife, whenever we go spend time with family, is we have a plan. How long are we going to be there? What's a good amount of time? And we often, we talked about having a code word that we could just like say or even text to each other so that it was just between the two of us to let the other one know I'm at my limit. I would like to go home now. That's so important. We have to know when we're reaching our limit. Exactly. And it's that mindfulness again, being mindful of what's going on inside of us. And to have a plan for what to do when I reach my limit so that we're not shooting all over ourselves in guilt and shame for not living up to the standards or expectations of other people. Exactly. And a lot of our dysregulation 
actually comes from trying to live up to other people's expectations, whether spoken or not. Yeah. Sometimes the healthiest, strongest decision we can make is to say, I'm reaching my limit. This is too much for me. I need to take a break. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. That is one of the things that we need to get so ingrained in our hearts and our minds is that you're worth it. There is nothing wrong with taking a break. Even if it's just like going into another room in the house and closing the door and taking some deep, calming breaths, check in with yourself. How am I doing? Where am I at? Okay, I think I'm good for like another hour. And then you go back and you engage and you enjoy time with your family. Yet, if you check in with yourself and it's like, this is starting to get to be too much, then just be honest and say, it's time to leave. And rather than shame, guilt, shitting all over ourselves, by the way, if anyone's wondering, am I am I using coarse language? No. S-H-O-U-L-D. Should. Shooting. Shooting. <laughs> yeah. Um, instead of that, we can use this different language of, hey, I'm noticing dysregulation in myself. Like I'm feeling dysregulated right now. And that can be less judgmental than I can't handle this right now. It's too much for me. That can even have a little bit of shooting attached to it, but I'm dysregulated. That's just scientifically accurate. There's no judgment involved and it's allowing us to bring kindness. Okay. What do you need right now? Okay. What am I going to do in order to regulate? And solve this stress without any kind of sexual stimulation because that's a counterfeit. That's a pacifier. Let's get to something that's going to be more life-giving. Let's get to something that's going to be more loving to God and myself and others. So that the fountain can flow, am I right? Exactly. And here is one of the things that is a not very often side effect to taking care of ourselves is it can often encourage others to do the same. You know, I'm receiving that feedback too. Um, As a leader, I am going on a silent retreat in just a few hours from now. And I reached out to ask for prayer for my time. And men were really grateful. They were saying, we need you to go away. We need you to be uninterruptible for a while so that you can come back better than when you left. What a gift that is. You know, what a gift it is to others directly. Taking care of ourselves is taking care of others. Maybe one of the best ways to do that, actually. I wanted to give you all an update now that I've been able to do the silent retreat about how it went. The word that describes it for me is delight. In 36 hours of silence, not talking to other human beings except for one hour of spiritual direction with a monk, I thought I would really be struggling with it. I actually thought about bringing work with me and then decided to leave it at home and open myself up to whatever God would do. And the word that describes it is delight. God's delight in me as his beloved son. My delight in God. And God's delight in my delight. I mean, 
It was so cool. I thought it would be an experience of sensory deprivation since I wouldn't be talking to anyone. I wouldn't have access to any devices. It was actually more sensory delight than I'd experienced in a long time. Even the slow act of eating a peanut butter honey sandwich, not in a rush, but sitting on a bench on a cliff overlooking the ocean, closing my eyes, listening to the sounds around me and eating that peanut butter sandwich so slowly felt like a five-star, five-course meal just because I had all the time in the world and I was paying attention to it and being present to my senses, being present to God. So it really struck me that in our day-to-day life, we're overstimulated and therefore our senses are being deprived. We're not really experiencing the beauty of our bodies. And so going on this silent retreat was a wonderful act of self-care. And thank you so much to everyone who prayed for me in the process. Self-care is so necessary and it's so important because we're all worth it. We are all worth taking care of ourselves and taking care of the communities that we influence. People listening to this probably thought they were going to hear a lot of stuff about stress, but guess what? It's about self-care. (laughs) Self-care. Marcus, what is your favorite thing about self-care? My favorite thing about self-care is it has allowed me to have the time to go back into creative endeavors that I thought I would never pick up again. It has been a dream of mine to become a published author. I love to craft stories. I share with my clients that I am a storyteller, which is why I do story work with them. And there is something about crafting these epic sagas and these tales and sharing them with other people that brings so much life to me. And what I'm also saying is it's bringing life to others. A great example of this is I just stepped in to run a Dungeons and Dragons campaign with my wife and with some friends. And we are having an incredible time with developing these characters as they're going on this epic journey. And it is some of the most fun I've had in months even. And it was something where it's like, I just didn't have time. I never had time for it. It's some, I always kept putting it on the back burner. I'd get to it someday. I'd get one of these days. I'll have the time for it. No, I prioritized it and I made time for it. And because of that, I am living the best life that I can right now. My marriage is the best that it's been just because I am being truly my authentic self, enjoying what I want to enjoy, Mm -hmm. being creative, being what God designed me to be. And because of that, I can give to others. I can give to family. I can give to my clients. I can give to the husband material community. Thank you so much for taking care of yourself as the director of care and support. It has been my pleasure. I absolutely love that you're doing Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) That's so perfect. Yeah. I've never played in my life. 
I didn't start playing until like two years ago, I think. And uh, I've got a great group of Christian guys that are, we're all just coming together and just playing. And it's all about the story. It's all about the adventure. Mm. And as I'm running my own campaign, it's a lot of um, them trying to break the story that I have planned and being like pushing the limits of, okay, what's Marcus going to do if I do this? And it's just, it's so fun. <laughs> awesome. It, it's that healthy level of stress, I suppose. It is the it is that healthy level of stress. And it's also participating in a community that loves me. And we're just all there to have fun. If we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. Amen. Same goes for the husband material community. Thank you for all of your work in caring and supporting these guys, including me. Marcus, if people are interested in working with you with your newly launched coaching business, what should they do? So the best way to get a hold of me is through email. And my email is marcus.spar at gmail.com. And um, if you guys would like to schedule a free 30-minute coaching call with me, um, then there is a link to my calendar that you can just find a time that works for you. And we can just sit down and kind of talk about self-care, talk about what's on your heart, what's on your mind, and we can see what we can do to help support each other. Yeah, and outgrow porn. And I highly recommend Marcus. He is an amazing coach, amazing man of God. You will be blessed by working with him. And we are actually going to put the list of all of those ideas for self-care in the show notes, in the description for this episode. So you can go down there and see which one might be most helpful for you right now. Marcus, thank you so much. And for everyone else, always remember, you are God's beloved son. And in you, he is well pleased. Oh,